Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to The State of Us. Beyond mainstream cable news and party lines, with a millennial and a boomer, the state of us pushes past the noise and uncovers all the issues that matter. Here's your host, Justin T. Weller. Attorneys general from 44 states and territories urged Facebook to abandon plans to launch a version of Instagram for children, citing behavioral and privacy concerns about social media's effects on young people. But Facebook pushed back and suggested that kids are already online. We all know it, right? They're already here. Let's create a safe and conducive environment for their well-being. So what what do we make of all this? Is this a good thing? Instagram for children, for people under the age of 13. And uh, if you want to get away from screens, how can you wean your kids off of their screens and even yourself. Well, there's some practical tips from the Wall Street Journal that we'll look at in the back half of the article after we discuss whether or not the idea of a Instagram for people under the age of 13 is a good idea or not. But of course, any conversation on children, Facebook, and how to get away from screens would simply not be complete without. True Chat senior historian and an educator of more than 30 years, here is your friendly redneck liberal, Lance Jackson. And let you know why you should care. Elation, three syllables. It is a noun, I-L-L-A-T-I-O-N, the act of drawing a conclusion or an inference. Well, we've all been in the car or conversation or maybe at the dinner table and we look up and no conversation is taking place or people aren't paying attention when the light turns colors so that they can take off because they're looking at their device. So maybe when we try to have those conversations, if we find ways to leave our devices down and at our side, we can all become much more considerate human beings. That's my first elation of the day. So why should you care is because we are a society of people looking at our devices and spending more time with our devices than we are in normal human interaction. So what's going on here, Lance, right, with Facebook and this idea of a children's Instagram is the states are saying, uh, the use, 44 states, the use of social media can be detrimental to the health and well-being of children who are not equipped to navigate the challenges of having a social media account. On the flip side, however, Um, The spokesperson for Facebook said, as every parent knows, kids are already online. We want to improve this situation by delivering experiences that give parents visibility and control over what their kids are doing. So the Facebook argument, it's going to happen anyway. So we want to create an environment where it can happen. I'm using air quotes here safely, right? And the states are saying, We just don't want there to be an option for people under the age of 13 to have a social media account. And an important note, right, Lance? I mean, you mentioned this. No ads. Facebook is saying, we're not trying to sell to anybody under the age of 13. 
right? Okay, so how much time do we have? There are three loaded points that I see there. Okay. One is that officials are putting their head in the sand by saying, well, if Facebook doesn't do this, then kids will be safe. Well, kids are going to use their device anyway. So that's a misnomer. So Facebook has a little bit of a point there, right? Well, except then Facebook comes back and says, but it'll be better with parental supervision. Unfortunately, there are a large number, in my opinion, of parents who give their child a device who do not watch it or who do not realize how often their children are on it or what their children are doing on that device. And that's the second one. And the third, so, so okay, under parental supervision, is there really anything that's bad if you have good parental supervision? But what is that and how do we determine that? And then third, there's no such thing as a free lunch, right? You go back into... When the saloons first opened, you got a free lunch if you bought a beer. Well, the food was salty, so you drank more than one beer. And they made plenty of money off of serving hard-boiled eggs and salty lunch meat to people for free as long as they bought a beer. And the tobacco industry made cigarettes a thing by giving a pack free to every GI whenever they wanted one in World War II. And then when the GIs came home, they were addicted to nicotine, and then they went out and bought their cigarettes. So Facebook's saying there's going to be no advertising. Great. We'll get the under 13 crowd that doesn't believe in Facebook, and we'll get them started. And then when they get to be 18, now they get to watch all the ads. So there's three really big problems there on both sides are part of that. So that there's the minefield folks that I see that we're walking through. Well, cause Facebook has, I mean, I think there's, there's obviously the side of let's connect to people when they're younger so that they're used to it so that they never leave. Right. I mean, we've seen Apple deploy the same tactics. Google's doing it with Chromebooks in schools. Sure. They're not doing this because they want to be good stewards of the world right now. Are there benefits to some of the things they're doing? Sure. Of course there are. Is making a Chromebook, you know, way cheaper than any laptop had ever been and giving it to each student, could you argue that there's benefits to that? Sure. Are there also drawbacks to that? Yes. And are we teaching kids that there's not, you know, they're becoming strapped to Google at a young age. They've never known anything else, right? You can't ask people to know what they don't know. So Facebook's absolutely deploying part of that. I think they're also hoping for the PR bump, right, of well, we're not, we're not trying to make money off of it, right? We're just doing it because these kids are already doing this, which I think we should all, we could all do to agree, you know, is mostly true, right? They're going to lie about their age and get on social media. So, but most of them don't choose Facebook. No, but that, they that's, choose, that's the old, that's the they old use people. a Facebook product. Okay. Right. Right. Like Instagram. Right. Because, but the point is Facebook's done the numbers. They know if they started them at a young age, they're going to make money off of this in the future. Sure. So to say, well, we're not going to do any advertising is not an untrue statement. We're just not going to do it yet. But it's a false, <laughs> it's, uh, they're leading, a, it's a falsifying statement in that their point of doing this is to make money eventually. Right. Because they're a business. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that's, they're wrong, but don't sell it by saying, oh, we're not going to make any money off of this. Yes, you are. You're just postponing when you're going to make money off it. because you wouldn't do it as a business if you weren't going to make money off it. And remember, you can let us know what you think. Those of you listening at home, uh, send us an email podcast at the state of us.org podcast at the state of us.org. We'd like to hear your thoughts. The thinking of 
could it actually increase parental accountability? Because let me just lay this out for you. And I'm not saying it will. I'm not arguing in favor of this. I'm throwing it out there as something to talk about. And not just with Facebook, but this other idea of, because uh, the article points out that Mr. Zuckerberg said in March that used with supervision, social media can help young people maintain connections with friends. During a congressional hearing, he said that his own children use Messenger Kids, a service the company launched a few years ago to enable youth under age 13 to chat or video call with contacts that are approved by their parents. And that last part is what I want to hit on. Right now, right, your you know, 12-year-old right, is using Facebook Messenger. And they can message anybody they want. Anybody that they, that they feel like messaging, right, they can message. That's, they can do that. Um, they can communicate with whoever, whenever, uh, you know, however they want. They can send whatever they want. If you transitioned that and said, well, the thing they're doing, right, because I mean, a, a parent could say, for example, well, don't message so-and-so. And then you do it anyway, and you did what they said not to do. Or like we know most parents, they're probably not even messing with that because it's too into the weeds and there, there's not really a good way for them to know if it's happening. So if you put in place something that said, well, now anybody that your, you know, teen or your preteen is going to message, right, has been approved by a parent. Oh, I can't believe your friend said that to you. Well, you're the one that said it was okay for them to message me. And I'm not saying that's a good thing because it helps kids win's arguments, but I'm saying maybe there is a little something here to not doing it exactly the way Facebook is saying, but what if there was more systems like that in place? Because then if the parent's upset because somebody sent their kids something they shouldn't have sent, you approved the contact. Now you can't abdicate your responsibility nearly as easily as, well, I let them have Facebook, but I never said they could do that, you know? And yeah, but they're going to do whatever they can do that's But as long the as there are other things, other apps that you can go to, won't kids just go to that so their parents can't see them? So I'm not sure that's the answer. Is it better? I Of course. I mean, anything that gives the parents the ability to, and I'm not going to say be the police for their children, but to enable them to teach their children because that's to be a parent. That's the whole thing is that I may not know what's going on. And so if I get to know what's going on, then it allows me to teach my child how to better navigate the world. But my point is many young people are totally unafraid of technology and they will push buttons and apps to, to find one to stay away from their parents. And that goes, I think that's where you, turn around and look at the phone makers, right? Because an app, applications like Facebook, software companies, right? They can, there's only so much they can do. Even if Facebook wanted to be a perfect saint, right? To Lance's point, there's nothing that stops them from downloading a non-Facebook product, right? I mean, Facebook can't prevent that. But Apple or Google, the maker of the two phone operating systems that dominate the planet, they have more control over that. And we have seen them implement some stuff in recent years, but things that actually give top-level parental control to say you can't even install an app on your phone that a parent doesn't sign off on. Uh, but to Lance's point, you'd be amazed at how, how well kids are at getting their way around that because sometimes you also have parents that aren't terribly tech savvy. So they think they've set something up that a kid can't get around and then the kid figures out how to get around it, which comes back to that whole question of is there really a way to do all of this uh, to let any kid on social media under the under the age of 13 in any kind of safe way. The only maybe safe way would be, you know, you don't have a phone 
and you can get on social media in this public place in the house where everybody can see the screen, you know, and, and, and if you want to get on social media and you want to do it there and you want to do it right with the time limits that we constrain you on, but it's not something that you're going to take up to your room and that you're going to have private access to because if we let you do that, you're going to figure out ways around it. And at the same time, have the conversations with your children to teach them about the societal norms and societal parameters of what to expect and what's out there yep. and not let them discover it on their own. Yeah. So that's a lot of work, but that's what being a parent, I think, is all about. And unfortunately, because of the busy work schedules and, and things that our adults are involved in, in my observations with working with young people, that doesn't happen too often that the parents lose track, they lose time, it becomes more efficient just to give them the phone and have access to it. And then the parents lose track of time and don't follow up and don't have the conversations until it's too late and something that they don't want to have happen to their child has happened. And then all of a sudden they get involved. And so it's, but to your point, be preventative not reactionary. But like you said, that's a lot of work, right? So <laughs> the question is, are you willing to do it? Or it takes work to be a parent. Or is uh, is there a case to be made for reducing screen time overall, which I think Lance and I have talked about. Hardest job I ever had is being a parent. Because <laughs> once you are, it never goes away. My daughters, as you all know, as our listeners know, are grown young women out on their own. And I still get calls, dad, you're the one I trust to talk about this. I need to know something or dad, I want to learn about this and I trust you. I haven't stopped being a parent just because they're 29 and 33. I don't have to do it as often, but I haven't relinquished my parental obligations. And remember, it's not me hovering over them. They're contacting me because of the relationships that were built when they were little. Should the state stop Facebook from its plan for a children's Instagram well, you're going to get Lance and I's final answer, but to get it, you'll have to keep it here on The State of Us, and we'll be right back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus we are the state of us Here's your host, Justin T. Weller. Listeners will know that uh, we've spent a good deal of time on this show talking about, right, the, the freedoms of business, right, or the freedom to do what you want with your own property. Uh, and this case, this idea, right, of a children's Instagram is kind of an odd 
odd scenario for us because it's a private company and they want to put out a product and we've got a lot of states, 44 states, saying we don't think you should do this um, and maybe taking legal action to prevent it, right? So Uncle Sam's going to tell us what we can and can't let our kids do. Even though, as Lance and I have acknowledged in the first segment, it may very well be for the best. I think there would be parents out there, you know, to Lance's conversation in the first segment, who could do it right, you know, and who could honestly allow their kids to do it some without it becoming bad for them, you know. But I don't have a lot of confidence that that is most parents today. So the question becomes, do we as a society have a responsibility to say that in this instance, the protection of children on the whole is more important than the protection of free enterprise. What's what's the answer, Lance? Well, I believe we've opened Pandora's box and once you've done that, you can't stuff the bad stuff back in and shut the, shut the lid. Um, I don't think this is a good idea. I don't think it is, in this case, the government's responsibility to parent young people. However, I don't have a good answer. I think it's a problem. I think it's an issue, but I think it takes the parent doing that. And I believe strongly the parents should be doing that. And the problem lies with, and this is maybe going to get me a lot of bad emails, but I'm just going to say it anyway, because I believe it. There are a lot of parents here that aren't taking their responsibilities on this issue seriously. And I think it's wrong to point to the government and say, well, you step in and save me so I don't have to work as hard as a parent. I want to be my child's friend. I don't want to be their disciplinarian. And not to get off tangent, but that's your job. Young people look for limits. You need to give them limits. Are they going to push back? Yes. That's what called being a teenager is. You know, they're going to push back against the limits. But in my years of being a parent and a teacher, children respond to those limits and they respond positively when you enforce those limits. They blossom. They're successful. And they become successful young adults and then successful middle-aged and older adults and typically become strong parents themselves if they choose to go that route. So there's my philosophy. So I don't really think the government can stop it. So I think it's silly to try. And I think it's the parents' responsibility to set those limits with their children and have those conversations with their children and do their job as a parent. I want to say that I agree I agree with the principle, right, of it's the parents' responsibility and they should be taking charge. At the same time, I think about heading up the local youth center in Urbana, Ohio here that we have and the reason that places like this are needed. Yes, we have students at the youth center who have a good uh, parental structure at home. I don't think it's an understatement to say that the probably the majority of our local school district, that's not that's not the situation for those kids. They don't have, you know, a good parent structure at home. Doesn't mean they all have a bad one either, but I definitely would not put any of my own money wagering that most of those parents are really concerned about 
their children's screen time and or their use of social media. And, 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 and that, the government, I don't disagree with anything you just said, but is the government a better solution? Well, I guess it's that's the, the question you posed to me. Is the government a better solution if the parents aren't doing what you and I both agree needs to be done? We have programs in place. You know, society's made some decisions, right? One of the decisions that we've made is that if parents don't do a good enough job, it's better for the system to take care of those children than it is their parents. And there are legal measures to remove them, right? Um, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily the best option, but I do think there's a question to be had about if we can't get the parents to take care of their child, do we as a society have a responsibility to prevent the parent from failing as badly? In other words, you know, with the social media thing, yeah, I, I think that the parents should take an active role. I think they need to be more aware. I think they need to do those things. But it isn't obviously the child's fault if the parent isn't doing those things. So is this one of those times where, and I really, I really am torn on this because I think on the one hand, do we make society softer by putting in more rules that make it quote unquote easier to not mess up as a parent when really we need parents to rise to the occasion and take more responsibility for their children. At the same time, I'm also not really okay letting the kids suffer unfairly because we can't get parents to rise to the occasion. At the same time, you don't want to suggest that we eventually have so many laws in place that the system is the ultimate parent and the parents really just, you know, kind of the chaperone more than they are an active participant in deciding how children are raised. Um, and that may sound kind of doomsday, but every time we take a step like this, right, we are removing a level of decision making from a parent. If a state, if the state of Ohio makes it illegal for, you know, any child under the age of 13 to be on social media, parents don't have to think about it anymore, right? One less thing to worry about because it's simple. It's the law. You know, I can't let my kid do that because it's against the law. And I, as a parent now, can be legally liable if I allow my child to do something that's against the law. And I could be found negligent for allowing them to participate in a quote-unquote harmful activity, right? Okay, so what we're saying is, how do you wean yourself and your children off the screens? I mean, we're saying this is the parent's responsibility. So our next article says, okay, so how do you implement it, right? Let's give them some hands-on ways to do this because I think we both agree, but what are some, okay, I want to be that good parent. I, I want to do my part to teach my children how to use social media responsibly. What are some things that I can do and some of the things I can do for them to do that, right? Yeah, uh, that's and that's the, I guess I feel bad because Lance and I aren't coming up with a good answer other than to say, here are some things for the parents out there that want to do it or want to try. Well, I, think, I think that is, I think that is an answer. It's like, well, wait a minute, you guys are saying we're not doing our job. Okay, well, what would our job entail? What is it that we're either, I can check off the list, oh, I'm doing those things, so I'm being good at, at being a parent, or, okay, I'm floundering, give me some real life suggestions that I can do. And this second article gives nine. You know, we don't have, we've talked about some of them already. You know, so why don't we go over some of these and, and let them know what you can, what you can do, what is possible, and, and find the ones that fit your 
your child, your your house, your living arrangement that you can do to help your child navigate this social media. So this article is from the Wall Street Journal. And if you'd like to uh, look at it for yourself, you can go to thestateofus.org and let us know if you have an answer to the question that Lance and I've struggled to answer. Um, we're going to provide some tips and suggestions, but where are you at on the legislative side of things? Email podcast at thestateofus.org. And as far as the tips goes, as we go through these, same thing. We're going to mention stuff, but maybe if you're parenting at home and you have some stuff that's working, you need to share them with us. Because if we don't mention them, uh, you know, it's something that we could mention to other people, and maybe it's something that we haven't thought of, you know, or that the article hasn't thought of. Uh, and that's part of how we make it all better is if if we take time to discuss what is working, what isn't working, and what to do. The first couple, Lance, uh, well, the first one is kind of kind of a no-brainer. Um, reset whatever pre-COVID tech rules you had. So hopefully you had some tech rules before COVID. Um, and if you did, you may have let them slide during COVID, right? Everybody's at home. Uh, there's not as much to go out and do because you can't go out as much. So we let some of that slide. Maybe you didn't have pre-COVID rules. Right. What they mentioned, some examples of pre-COVID rules, don't allow devices in bedrooms at night and don't allow video games before homework or chores are done. So there you go. I mean, if you don't even have those in place, those are things you need to put in place. You know, right. they don't need to take them to bed with them. Get them an alarm clock. You know, people say, you know, my students w will tell me, well, I use my phone as my alarm clock. Okay, buy them an alarm clock. Buy them a, you know, a, a radio that serves as an alarm clock. So their phone stays downstairs with you in the middle of the night because they don't, there's no reason for them to be on their phone in their bedroom. One, it's unsupervised, like you pointed out in the first segment. And secondly, they don't need it at night. The second thing is, do you make them do their homework or do they have chores? And if they don't, maybe you need to have those, put those in place and then say, okay, you don't get any screen time until that's done. So there's, there's a whole loaded thing in there. We can't assume that every young person who goes home is required to do their homework or have chores before they get on their device. So I think if it's good that it's reset the pre-COVID tech rules, but if you didn't have those rules to start with, that's the great place to start. Have those kind of simple rules in place. Well, and they're, they're relatively easy ones to understand too, right? I mean, it's, it's pretty basic. It's, they don't go to your bedroom. And I even heard Lance of a family that, uh, what they did is rather than they didn't go out and buy alarm clocks, but they actually found it made it ever easier for everybody to get up. They put the phones in the hallway where the bedroom was, you know, the parents' bedrooms mm -hmm. there and everybody else's is, and they all charged there overnight and they all got their alarms set. So in the morning, Everything goes off and everybody's got to get up mm -hmm. and go turn it off. You know, because you, you, can't, you can't turn it off without getting out of your room. So there's none of this. I turn it off and I fell asleep for 15 minutes. Now you got to get up out of bed and get something on and go out into the hallway and turn off your phone, you know. And so I thought that's kind of an interesting idea. Right. Um, but do something of that variation, right? right? Don't let them go to the room. You know, the one I like the best, and again, this takes being a parent, leave your devices at home. When kids do venture outside or when the whole family goes on a walk or to the park, don't bring along any devices. Yours included. Set the example. Okay. It doesn't do any good to tell your children, okay, no devices. We're going to the park and you pull out your phone and are texting your friends or you have work to do or wonder what any guys, because then the kids are saying, wait a minute, you're not modeling, you know, why should I do without mine when you're, you're texting? You know, you're saying, well, my phone's more important. No, 
You're going, you have family time, you have family time. Or if your children are going outside to play, whoa, what a novel concept. I remember I was just talking to some of the kids today at, at soccer practice. I said, I don't understand this attachment to your device. Yeah, one, I didn't have it, which is their comeback. Well, you didn't have this. No, but my parents, after we had breakfast, kicked us outside and said, I don't want to see you till lunch. And I was telling them, you know, so we picked up a ball and we created our own games and learned to play and all this stuff that you're working out doing, we did on our own as playtime. And then there were times in the summer when my mom didn't let us come in for lunch. She met us at the back door with a bologna sandwich or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a glass of Kool-Aid. And she said, I'll call you when it's time for supper. And we had to stay outside and entertain ourselves because we didn't have a device. You know, so we had to find other things to do. So you know what? You're not being a bad parent. And think about your own childhood, right? If you didn't have that device, you survived. So why have your children, allow your children to have that device when you go outside? You know, the rule at our house is no devices at the dinner table. Oh, wait a minute. You actually sit down and ate dinner together? Yeah, we did. And everybody put their phone up. And even before devices, if the phone rang, we didn't jump up and answer it. My great nephew yesterday came in and said, Uncle Lance, your phone just rang. You had a phone call. I'm like, cool. I'll get to it when I can. I'm busy right now. And he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, what? If it's something bad, it's already happened. I can't change it. And if it's good, I'll talk to him later. But he's like, your phone rang and you didn't answer it. That was like a mortal sin. You know? And he's, the, te the tech companies have him trained well. He's 16, you know? And it's like, ah. It's like, no, dude. You know, so anyway, that's my big one is, you know, emulate it for your for your children. Yeah, it can't it can't just be telling them to do it and then not. You gotta lead by example, right? Lead by example. And there's some more like that, because lo and behold, a lot of these tips are not just for your kids, right? They're probably for you as well. There's some big ones to come though, like taking a tech Sabbath to find out what we mean. Keep it here on the state of us, and we'll be right back. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are the state of us. Here's your host, Justin T. Weller. Choose one day a week to not use screens at all. This goes for parents too. I know that that's hard. Lance is clapping, folks, in our 24-7 work culture. But if you have a job in which you don't really need to look at your phone for one day on the weekend, don't. Uh, Tiffany, the author of 24-6, Giving Up Screens One Day a Week to Get More Time, Creativity, and Connection, has been doing this with her husband, and two daughters for 11 years. Quote, a full day off each week resets our tech usage, she said. It's like a muscle. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. And if forgoing devices for a full day feels like it could be too hard, then you could ease into it slowly. Just start with a couple of hours, then increase the screen-free time each week. 
The author explained that forming a new habit like one day off a week reduces the nagging and negotiating that happens when there's no consistent tech routine, right? That idea of, well, we're just going to be screen free for these couple of hours. Why, 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 you know, why, you know, why did this suddenly happen? And then you don't do it again and there's no consistency to it, right? Because one of the things that nobody likes, kids or adults or otherwise, is being caught off guard, right? Nobody likes that. It doesn't matter if it's tech or what it is, right? Because you may have made arrangements, you may have made plans, and now all of that's been busted because you just found out out of nowhere that you're going to do this thing. And you don't know if or when you'll do it again. So this is a way to combat that and say, no, everybody knows this day, every week, or these times every week, we don't have our phones. Um, one of the other things that they suggest, and I thought this is interesting, is making sure to position it as we're gaining something by doing this, not we're taking away phones for this time, right? Because you are taking away phones, but you ought to be, and this goes to Lance and I's theme of positivity, right? You ought to be promoting it as, no, look at all these things that's going to let us do, right? By putting these down, here's all the freedom it's going to give us. Here's all the things that we can now do instead of, well, we're getting rid of it and good luck, you know? Uh, because again, people are just more likely to do things that sound like they're going to be a good thing rather than sound like, oh, you know, we're being punished. So, well, and if you say, well, I'm going to get a lot of pushback. Another one that I think goes right along with that, right, is that give them options. All right. You're going to put down your devices for a couple hours or for a day, go outside and play or go out, go do something else. And, but what are you going to have them do? Well, one thing I like here that they say is, you can have your kids make a list of the things that they enjoy doing outside and put it in a jar. So when it's time to be device free, they get to go to the jar. They can't decide. They get to pick out something. And these are things that they said they've liked. So you don't necessarily have to say, well, here's what I think you should go do. And they say, yeah, well, you're the parent. I don't want to do that. You don't get as much pushback because, well, wait a minute, let's go to the jar. Here are things that you said you like to do. Pull one out. Bam. Okay. Go do that for an hour and come back in and then, you know, and, and slowly an hour, two hours, an afternoon, an afternoon and an evening. And then you work up to a whole day. And then the kids are like, wow, look at all this cool stuff we did. We actually had a conversation at dinner, you know, which goes to another one creating spaces for conversation. Well, if you wean them off of their phone by doing activities that they like, like you said, they find out, look at all the other things we get to do, which then if nobody's looking at their phone, you get to have conversations with your children to teach them the morality and your political feelings or your religious feelings or your view on life or whatever. They just start to flow naturally because you have more time together that you're used to. So they all kind of start to come together here. But I really like that concept of, well, they don't like anything that I suggest to them to do. Okay, then create a jar where they put in what they like to do, let them pick, that's what they go do. Well, because then, you know, it takes away some of that complaining about, well, I don't want to do that. Well, okay, well, you wrote this down and said you wanted to do it. So now, <laughs> wow. so now go do it, right? So now teach better <laughs> responsibility. Well, I think it's time for us to change what's in the jar. Great. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to do that. Look, they took ownership for their own life. Isn't that something you want your children to do when they, from that age of 18 to 25? Don't you want them to take ownership for their own life? Wow, here you are at 10, 11, 12, 13, teaching them to take that ownership. You don't like the things that are in the jar that you put in the jar? Well, then let's rewrite and put some different things in the jar. Yep, and you can use your own device to help you unplug. There's a whole host of things now. It just takes the time of setting them up. One of the ones that I frequently use 
is automatic scheduled do not disturb mode. And what that means for my phone is that starting at 9 p.m. every night, the phone switches from color to black and white. So this whole screen, everything on the screen, right, switches over to grayscale and uh, no longer do any incoming notifications make a noise. So the whole phone is silenced, right? No email, no call, no text, no nothing, no social media. None of it breaks through. The only way that I could see that stuff is if I choose to open up the phone and look at it. And I think there's also the other component here of you might say, well, I'm worried about, you know, what if somebody really need to get a hold of me? Well, they have settings for that. You can choose a select group of contacts and certain parameters for if those contacts do certain things that allow them through. Like, for example, in my case, if somebody calls twice in a 15-minute period, it'll ring, you know, it'll let them through. Because the assumption is, okay, they probably need something, you know, they're obviously Thanks for trying. letting me know that. I didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that's one of those you have to be careful not to tell people that. Oh, it's really important. I'll call you twice in 15 minutes. Because I know you do it's that. Like, is this really important? Right. You know? So I know no. you do that. So I don't <laughs> worry when you don't answer me because I know that eventually. Right. Because I know you do that. I didn't realize, though, if I really wanted to talk to you, all I have to do is ring you up twice <laughs> yeah. in 15 minutes. Okay. Yeah, it breaks through then. So, uh, but there's things like that on your phone and there's even things, I don't use these, but there's um, apps that you can download that limit the amount of time you're allowed to use certain apps every day. You know, here's some apps that, you know, we were talking in the first segment about Facebook, you know, and, and their apps, but these sounds like some apps that I could get behind <laughs> and people use, you know, they, yeah. they can actually help you there. Yep. And, and then, I, and go ahead. I think one of the biggest things, Lance, I can tell you something that made a difference for me in my screen time, look at your screen time. You ask people, they will underestimate it by, by no less than 40% in most cases. And sometimes a lot more, I'll, I'll ask, you know, somebody at the youth center, how long do you spend on your phone? Oh, you know, probably two or three hours a day. And it's like six or seven. You know, it's like people don't even know. And once you start to know, and especially if you ask them, how did you spend that time? Like, what did you do, you know, during that time? Uh, uh, you know, they don't know. And I think that's one of those things too, a conscious thing of, man, I spent six or seven hours today on this and I don't really know anything that I did, you know? Where if you go outside and you play, there's a much better chance you probably remembered those things. And the only thing I would say that I think is the last thing here that I think is is really good is don't expect to change overnight. We're all going to blow. I mean, whoa, we can learn from failure. Oh, another one of the friendly redneck liberals, famous lines, right? We can learn from failure. If you blow it one day or one week, okay, start over again. This is not like, oh, we failed, so it's, it's worthless now. Right, no. give up. <laughs> Any good habit takes a while to get to put into place. And and like you said, life happens. So there are times when you do it better than others, but stay with it. And that, you know, that, that goes for any of this. So any of this that you want to try, give it, a, give it a whirl. Hopefully it helps. That's the answer, folks, I think, to answer the question that Justin asked in the second segment. It's for the parents to step up and do some of these things. Then the government doesn't have to step in. And Facebook doesn't get a hold of our children. So there you go. There's, there is my answer. And I think there is an answer and that's it. And hang in there. Okay. Give it a whirl. Let us know how you do. Let us know when you're successful. Let us know when you're not and know that we're in there pulling for you and just start all over again and, and keep trying. So Lance, why do we have this conversation today? Well, because here at True Chat, our mission is to educate people by providing honest, open, and respectful conversations. And I got to give a lot of elations today. I drew a lot of conclusions and inferences. And um, But we do that because we're trying to help. We want a better world. And as you listen to this and you like it, 
uh, share it, you know, share it with your family and friends. And if they say, well, that kind of sounds like a neat show, maybe I'd like to start listening. Tell them they can find us as a podcast on Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. Tune in Tuesdays and Thursdays for new episodes of the podcast version of The State of Us. It's available by 4 a.m. Eastern Time, and you can listen to our show in select talk radio markets across the country, AM and FM radio stations. So check them out. See if your local station carries us. For the State of Us on True Chat in Urbana, Ohio, I'm Justin T. Weller. I'm Lance Jackson. Special thanks to our producer, Bradley Butch, and thank you all, our audience, for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Be the change. Be sure to check out our website, thestateofus.org, for books, articles, and all the ways to tune in, thestateofus.org.